Rather go to bed without dinner than to rise in debt. Benjamin Franklin. Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where we seek to unravel the mysteries of personal finance. Join us as we help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle with certified financial planner, Dan Capril. Hello, it's Dan Capril, and welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast, where each and every week, we take that which many people perceive to be complicated, the world of personal finance, so complicated that unfortunately, a lot of people tend to ignore it, and we break it down. We break it down in ways that hopefully you will find make this process a lot more simple. Very often, you can simplify personal finance by simply stop trying to predict the future. Don't think for a second that you're immortal and also understand that there is no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody always pays. But before we get into any of that, let's go to the disclaimer. I don't know you. Well, maybe I do, but there's a good chance I do not. So please, what I'm about to share with you, treat it as education. Don't treat it as direct advice to you. You need to talk to your financial advisor about that. Now, if you'd like for me to be your financial advisor, I'll be happy to discuss that with you. You can just give my office a call, 513-563-7526, or you can go to talktodc, talktodc.com, and we'll be more than happy to schedule time with you. But please, take what I'm about to share with you as educational, and then run it through the filter before you apply it for your own personal situation. Which gets in today's show where we're going to actually defend debt, which I know is slander in some areas of personal finance. I can guarantee you, you will have a hard time finding a podcast that in any way, unless it's done by a mortgage broker, that in any way defends the concept of debt. Don't worry, we're going to do it in a very balanced fashion. But I wanted to share with you some personal experiences that I had before we get into the puzzle of the week. So as you may imagine, I am a small business owner. I actually own two businesses and was not born in any way with a silver spoon or anything like that. I was quite fortunate in that my parents did pay for my college, which was huge. I was able to start the working world without any debt to begin with. However, it didn't take long before as someone living in Chicago, making $18,500 a year that I found debt to be essential to getting by. Now, there's no doubt I could have made other decisions. And I'm certainly not proud of the fact that over time I did rack up some credit card debt. However, it's all retired today. And contrary to what others would lead you to believe, I think that there can be some balance in your life as long as you fully understand it. Most people who speak against debt, and I'll say Dave Ramsey would be the best example. And just for the record, I love Dave. I love his work. We're actually one of his smart investor advisors. So very often, uh, people who listen to his show will reach out to us for help, and we're happy to help them. And there are many cases where I have seen people have run amok with debt. But it is a tool. And there's no doubt I could never have started my businesses unless I was willing to accept some debt. Now, I did use up all of my personal savings over 10 years when I did 
start my own business. And there were certain times where Beth and I took trips or bought things that we could have held off on, no doubt about it. But it wasn't the death knell that is often portrayed. Now, for many people, it is a death knell because they have absolutely no discipline. But in today's show, what I'm gonna do is give you some insights that hopefully, at least if you're in debt, you won't view it as being fatal. My biggest concern today is that people see bankruptcy as the easy way out. And it's not, and we're gonna get into that going forward. So let's get into this week's puzzle of the week. This is one of those topics that, well, by even talking about it, one runs the risk because much of what I say can be taken out of context. So let me state what I probably am supposed to say and then I'll expand. All right, owing money, not a good thing. Why? Well, because in almost all cases, with the exception of my wife's car, owing money costs money. There's interest that is being charged to you. Therefore, if I borrow a dollar, I have to pay more than a dollar to pay the money back. And of course, if that interest is very high, well, then what I end up paying for whatever I borrow the money for, well, just becomes way overpriced. So imagine if, for example, you paid $40 for a shirt, you put it on your credit card and at 20 something percent interest by the time you paid it all off you end up paying 90 or 100 dollars for the shirt well you probably would never have spent 100 dollars for that shirt in the first place so obviously no one likes to do that it's something that if you're going to continue to borrow and borrow and borrow you're going to find it difficult just to service that debt and this has happened to many people around the country because credit is still relatively easy to get. Now, we definitely have seen a tightening of credit over the years, but from what a realtor recently told me, you can still borrow money to buy a house with zero down. So imagine all those people who are buying homes, putting absolutely nothing down. It's very easy for them, quite frankly, to walk away. They don't have anything invested in the house. Now, of course, once you do that, your chances of getting another loan are quite slim, at least for a while. So it's interesting because, you know, most of the time when people talk about, you know, you shouldn't go into debt, and then one of the reasons they say you shouldn't go into debt is because your ability to borrow money in the future will be diminished. Well, you know, it's kind of like, well, what is it? Should I be in debt? Should I not be in debt? So all things being equal, please, if you can pay cash for something, by all means, do so. But let us not bastardize the term debt because in many ways, it can be a tool. Essentially, every building that you have ever gone into has been financed with debt. Every commercial building, every residential home just about, those things wouldn't happen without debt. The key, however, is to understand debt and to be able to negotiate the price reasonably. So, for example, if I'm going to buy a car, and I'm going to put it on my credit card, which will charge me anywhere from 10 to 25%, depending on which car you're talking about. Well, that's stupid, all right? That would be a silly thing to do. Unless, of course, you were prepared to pay off that credit card the very next month. That way you could maximize your airline points, or your hotel points, and you would incur absolutely no interest on that debt because you would pay it off. So in that instance, it's a good thing. 
Now, there are people out there that are so anti-debt that they'll tell you, do not get a credit card under any circumstances. Get a debit card and it can do the same thing. I'm not of that camp. Now, I am going to assume that debt can be utilized responsibly. So, for example, in my case, I have three different credit cards that I use regularly. I have two for my businesses. One of them gives me miles with Delta. Another one gives me miles with American. And the third one, which I use for my personal consumption, gives me points with Marriott. As a result, Beth and I are able to take a lot of vacations and go to a lot of places and pay absolutely nothing for them. Nothing. The credit cards don't even have annual fees. So it's a very, very useful tool. I would can't think of any reason, since I'm able to pay those off every month, why I would ever give up that strategy. Now, along the same lines, I recently bought Beth, or we bought, I should say, a new car. And we went to the dealer, and I had every expectation of paying cash. However, after I had negotiated the price, he said to me, well, if you want, you can finance this through Ford. And yes, by the way, I bought American. I don't always do that, but I did this time. Lincoln MKX, I think it is. Very nice car. It's either the Z or the X. It's the SUV. Anyway, very, very nice car. In fact, the nicest car I think we've ever owned. You want a massaging seat? Holy cow, that thing gets you in 21 places. So if you ever have lower lumbar issues like I do, boy, that's a long-distance car dream. Well, anyway, they were willing to finance it for five years at zero interest. Zero. Free money. Now, I realize my money sitting in my money market account isn't giving me a high rate of return, but it's giving me more than a zero rate of return. Therefore, I'm going to use it. Let me give you another area that you can do. Well, let's take your home mortgage. Your home mortgage in today's environment is still charging you a low rate, 4, 4.2%, etc. And that interest is tax deductible. If given the choice of paying cash versus financing a house over 30 years, I would just do some simple math. If I'm being charged 4.2%, I'm able to deduct it. Therefore, I'm probably being charged more like 3, 3.5%. Three I don't know, you can do the math, but probably more like 3%. So if I had, say, $300,000 to buy a house, I could pay cash right then and there and not have any payments. Or I could choose to have a $300,000 mortgage, pay what amounts to 3% interest, and put my $300,000 in investments, and it could grow by a heck of a lot more than the interest is charging me. These are things that are true. Now, again, the reason that debt is discouraged is because most people won't have the discipline to look at it that way. They won't limit their debt. They won't look at their interest rates. They'll just buy stuff willy-nilly and then be shocked at the end result. And you shouldn't do that. You should only borrow when you can really pay it back. <laughs> so I just want us to understand here that debt can be a tool. And in many cases, I've recommended it as a useful tool. Before tax laws changed, I often recommended the home equity loan as a way to acquire things, particularly if they were home-related, because of the tax-deductible features that surrounded it. And it's the same with the home mortgage. Houses today cost a lot of money. I would, in many cases, rather somebody have their excess money sitting in a portfolio where it can grow and it's liquid than have them put it in home equity which usually doesn't grow by a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I just recently sold my house here that I bought 10 years ago. 
And when it's all said and done, I think I averaged about 3% growth per year on that. You know, I didn't make money at all in that house. Now, I sold it for more than what I paid for. And that was good. But it was not an investment, and I need to understand that. So before I take my investment capital and put it in my home, I really want to think it through. Now, being debt-free is a great thing. It gives you incredible peace of mind. And given the choice between using debt or not using debt, I said, look, if you can get away with using debt, do it. Please do it. Don't be irresponsible. Don't buy stuff you don't need. But if you're looking to buy a car and someone's willing to give it to you at 0% or 1.9% interest after you have negotiated your price, this is very important, why not? It makes logical sense to me. If you're looking to start a business, yeah, it sounds great in theory to get a second job and just save up all that money you need, but that's gonna slow you down. You're going to have to explore, but be sure that you negotiate your interest rates. Now, if you already have a debt problem, what can you do? Well, in today's Puzzle Solver assignment, I have given you a downloadable worksheet that you can use. It's from Dave Ramsey and it's his debt snowball. And it will show you how to retire debt over a relatively short period of time. The first thing you have to do is you have to take inventory of your debt payments. Now, Dave will tell you to attack the smallest debt first. I usually say attack the one with the highest interest rate first. But the reason why he'll tell you to attack the one with the smallest balance first is because he wants you to get a quick win. He wants you to retire something. My philosophy is first, try to renegotiate the debt interest. Now, very often the credit card company won't do that, but what you can do is you can move the money to a different credit card that might. Just be aware that sometimes the low interest rate that they provide for you is only short-lived. Just be very, very mindful of that. If there's a way you can do a debt consolidation loan, you should do it. Now, just understand there are a lot of companies out there, and I hear them on the radio all the time, who are telling you that you don't have to pay back your full debt to the credit card company. Don't listen to them. If you take one of those options, and here's how those work, they go to the credit card company and they say to them, look, this person isn't gonna pay you anymore. What we can do is if you agree to accept half of what he or she owes you, we'll pay that to you right now. Now what happens is you are now gonna owe money to this new company. So let's say you are $80,000 in credit card debt. They will go to each credit card company and negotiate a settlement. They'll say to the credit card company, look, we'll literally give you $40,000 right now. Now, they'll do it, and you will now owe this new company $40,000. But guess what? Your credit rating has just been destroyed. Because essentially, I hate to say it this way, you just stole $40,000. You borrowed money from one entity, and you told them through this intermediary that you're not going to pay them back. And as a result, they're only going to get half the money that you owe them. Now look, ethically, that's not a good thing, right? I hope you can agree to that. You do owe that money back. So there is no free lunch there. This new company will give you a loan and they'll make sure you pay it because they'll hassle you to death. But your credit rating has been shot. So please, you know, whenever you hear those on the radio, you know, you don't have to pay them back. Please change the station. They're criminals. They're preying on you. And they're going to charge you a pretty high interest rate on that reduced amount. They're just going to sell you on the idea of, look, you just make us one payment and we've retired it. But your credit rating has now been shot. Don't settle for bankruptcy. 
bankruptcy will make it very difficult for you to buy a house or to get credit in the future. Don't, and ethically, it's a wrong thing to do. Pay it back. Have a plan for paying it back. So Dave's worksheet, the, the debt snowball, which if you go to dancaprill.com and you click on today's episode, you'll be able to download that worksheet and that's the debt snowball. And that will help you, one, take inventory of your debt, but more importantly, there's a step-by-step process that I've laid out for you there that'll show you how to retire it over time. Now listen, debt can be complex, so feel free to reach out to me at any point in time. You can email me, dan at matsonandcapril.com, or even easier, you can just give my office a call, area code 513-563-7526. You can give me a call anytime. You can schedule a time to talk. I'll be more than happy to chat. Now, if you'd like to schedule a call online, it's very easy to do. It's talktodc.com, talktodc, my initials.com. You can quickly set up a time right then and there, and it'll ask you to leave your phone number. And I'll be more than happy to talk to you about this or really any issue that relates to your personal finance. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. It's time now for our weekly question. Question of the week asked by you, one of our listeners. And this one is relevant to today's discussion, which is why we picked it. This is from Billy. Billy is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he says, when evaluating credit cards, what things should I look for? All right. Well, first of all, Billy, I'm in the process of building a second home in your fair state. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm sorry, I'm not going to become a volunteer fan. That's just not going to happen. But I will quietly root for my Hawkeyes while I'm there in SEC country. That will be lonely. I'll probably have to go fishing on most Saturdays. All right, to assessing credit cards. Well, first thing, Billy, as always, let's make sure you have to go that route. But if you're going to do it responsibly the way I recommended you do it, first thing I would say is look for a credit card that is not going to charge you any type of annual fee. Now, there are some credit cards that do. And if you pay them off every single month, they will give you huge points. So if a credit card had an annual fee of, say, $500, but essentially was going to give me what amounts to thousands of dollars in points, I would not have a problem doing that if I'm gonna pay it off each and every month. So this is key. If you're gonna use it to finance your lifestyle, which I do not recommend you do, obviously you wanna find the one with the least amount of interest. So some of these will have great points, but they charge such high interest on the revolving debt that you think you're coming out ahead but you're not. So it really comes down to what are you looking to use the credit card for? If it's to have a balance for a while and so you can pay it off, obviously it comes down to interest. There are some that will give you a 0% interest for a period of time, but then it jacks up. So please be very, very careful about that. Usually that is not a good way to proceed. But if you're looking for one that you're going to pay off every month, like Beth and I do, you're looking to maximize your points you know, the first thing you got to look at is what do you want the points for? Now, in my case, it's travel. So I have a son who lives two hours away. He has a one bedroom apartment. It's really not a good fit for us to try to crash with him when we visit him. It's much easier for me to stay at a nearby hotel, but I don't like paying for the hotel. So I have a Marriott reward credit card and I haven't paid for a hotel room in a very long time. It's great. It cost me zero then to go see him. And you know, because I've been paying off my credit card every month, it's truly free. 
it's truly a great way to go. I've been doing it for so long. They think I'm like a VIP who travels a lot and gives them lots of money. I really don't. But they will you know, upgrade me. They give me their concierge floor so I get all this free food when I go there. And some of these concierge floors, depending on where you go, I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. We took a vacation in Vancouver last year for Christmas. Again, didn't pay anything for it. And the concierge floor was like a five-star restaurant. <laughs> it was like blown away with how nice everything was there. So if you are looking to do travel, let's say you're looking to do airlines, well, obviously you wanna make sure you pick the airline card that works best for you and your lifestyle. For me, Delta tends to work best. They give you the most options out of Cincinnati here. So I've chosen to work with Delta. I do have one for American, just to give me a little bit of balance. There are certain places, particularly towards the South and towards the West, where American's a little more user-friendly, but make sure you're doing it that way. But at the end of the day, look at your cost. Make sure that you're not overpaying on fees and try to keep those balances down. Again, I'm talking to you about using debt as a tool. There is a percentage of us out there who can handle it responsibly, and for those of you who are out there who are like that, who can do it, there are advantages to having those instruments. And now we're on our weekly puzzle solver assignment. And this is where I give you homework because to me, it's not enough to just give you information. I want to help you to apply it. So go to dancapril.com, go to today's show, which is episode number 141. It's called In Defense of Debt. And I want you to click on today's download. It's called Dave Ramsey's Debt Snowball. Click on that, download the information. Very, very useful tool. It's going to help you to consolidate and ultimately eliminate your debt in a very short period of time. So that concludes another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Again, I'm your host, Dan Capril. Feel free to reach out to me at any time. Area code 513-563-PLAN is our number, 513-563-7526. Or you can email me, dan at mattsonandscapril.com. Take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADD and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.